So not too long ago, I put out a really informal one question survey to my social, I think it was Insta, I don't remember, maybe it was Twitter, but I think it was Instagram. And I asked a question, you know, what are some questions that you have that if I could provide some insight based on my experience and the experience of, you know, sitting on this show with you know, more than 500 of the world's top, you know, creators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, what, what, what are some areas that are sort of murky, like black boxy that you don't know, you know, how to get at. And one very consistent theme that came back was the idea, how do I find great people to work with? And, you know, my sense through understanding, you know, how the questions came in and, um, in thinking a little bit about, um, related questions, it, it, there's sort of two camps. There's the camp early on, like basically, how do I find collaborators and co-conspirators and how do I essentially build a community of like-minded people where we can trade out for services? I'm a model, you're a photographer, maybe we can, you know, help each other out or I'm a product designer and I'm an entrepreneur. Maybe we can, you know, collaborate from, you know, that's one end of the spectrum. And the other end is like, cool. Now that I am a working professional, how do I find the most talented people? How can I hire, say a great set designer or how can I, you know, hire someone to help me write or research if I'm working on a book. So today's show, it, it, the goal is to walk you through a handful of steps that will help you find the best people. And again, I'm going to ask you to squint for a second or squint your ears if you're listening and know that I'm talking on the spectrum, whether you're building a community of like-minded co-conspirators and collaborators, or you want to hire somebody, I think there's so much of this stuff is the same where there's this, a similar process for going about it. So, you know, I, I, it makes me think back to in writing creative calling, I was like, wait, this whole idea of a solo creator going off to some, you know, remote destination in the woods for a month and returning with the finished masterpiece. That's so seductive. But what we know about creativity, the creative process is that's just not how it happens right? That is a mirage that I think it's a toxic mirage that sets us up for failure, sets so many of us up, especially in our early romantic visions of what our life could be like, that that's how it works. We actually, in contrast, desperately need to connect with others, right? We need to connect with people who are both similar to us, people that we get along with easy, that have the same set of values, and people who are radically different, who can bring a whole different set of influences and interests you know, we were attracted to those who love what we do and to, we ought to be more attracted to people who will give us honest feedback. The, the punchline is that we become more fully ourselves when we are in a community of not just like-minded, but a cornucopia of beliefs, uh, of practices and of ways to see the world. It's no surprise or no, no, um, mystery rather that working alone in contrast can be very isolating and very limiting. All you have to do is probably look back to the pandemic. And, um, even if you are an introverted person, my wife, Kate, when she was sitting right here next to me, she would say, gosh, you know, I got so much value out of the world slowing down. And, and yet not all of her needs were met. And in part, many of them weren't met because of isolation. I, in, you know, in similar light, uh, found it to be a useful 
differentiation for me to be spending so much time alone or in very, very small tight quarters because it was something different than my life had looked like for the previous, say, 20 years. Now, when you work with others, something interesting happens. You get access to not just your set of skills and various awarenesses, but you get new perspectives. You get to see new and different skills on display. And you get to build a sense of community and support around the ideas that you get to have on the table with others, right? This is why creators ought to find collaborators who are passionate, committed, skilled, like them in some ways and different in others. Therefore, I recommend, I would say I strongly recommend that you become active in managing the bonsai tree that is your community, that you are selective about the creators with whom you collaborate. Again, whether this is someone who you are, you know, you're doing half the work and they're doing another half or someone that you are hiring to work with and or for you. It's your ability, your belief, your the requirement of setting a high bar, not just on skill, but on creativity, on work style and joyfulness. It's setting a high bar that will actually help you and your work the most. It's not enough to find the first software developer, the first sound engineer, or the first choreographer to bring them on board. It's actually your job to find the best collaborator with whom you have access, the most interesting co-conspirator whose skills and talents are exciting to you, maybe as exciting to you as your skills are to them. But this is not an easy process, and it's not something that's talked about publicly a lot. This is one of the reasons I learned to do the show on this today, right? It actually takes effort to create a real creative match, not just with one person, maybe with a whole team, right? With the with the benefit of a group dynamic that works for everyone. The idea of collaboration and even reciprocal collaboration, this is a powerful and energizing form of creative work in and of itself because the right combination, I know this from experience, right? The right combination, it feels a lot less like a, being a dog walker and more like being in a wolf pack. So, you can see where we're going here, right? How do you do this? I've got four steps that I want to walk you through today. Step number one in this process is clarifying what you're after, clarifying your needs. So before you start looking for co-conspirators or, or team members, rather than just accepting who stumbles in your life, which the universe does a pretty good job of giving us things we need, but we can't always forecast what the need will serve here. I'm suggesting that if you need to get together with other creative people, that you are intentional. So you should clarify what these needs are, what you believe these needs are. You know, when I had the idea for Best Camera, my photo app, which was the first app around building a social network for photography and for sharing that work, um, which ended up going on to be the app of the year on the Apple ecosystem. I had no idea how to make an app when I first had the idea. You know, one approach might have been to put the idea aside uh, and say, gosh, I need to go figure out how to code this stuff, right? 
I've got this great idea. Now I'm going to teach myself everything there is to know about building apps. I had not built an app ever. I knew nothing about software development other than that it tended to work on sprints. And I had some friends who were in the business and they were smart, brainy people, but essentially I knew nothing. Now, again, one approach might've been to try and have that same skill set as them, go develop that, take a coding class or, you know, learning any number of programs that were, you know, popular at the time. But fortunately for me, this was one of those times where I actually realized that that was not going to be a swift path to market, that that was not going to be the best use of my time. And in part, because it wasn't that seductive to me. This reminded me that I ought to find a partner and or hire someone who I could delegate to do this work. And this person clearly should be world-class. Now I learned to value action over intellect, which is a long undersc underscored theme in, in this show for more than 13 years. Again, the, I value the act of doing rather than just thinking about it. So in that same vein, the time was right for the idea. I knew it. So I was clear in my own mind that bringing another person or a set of people on board to help me build this thing that I was very clear about in my mind was the right path. I didn't understand the technical details, of course, but I knew the experience that I wanted to create. And so question might be, how then do I go about it? Since Seattle is a tech hub, my belief that turned out to be a true belief is that what would it be like if I found a local collaborator, someone whose strengths complemented my own and whose weaknesses were maybe areas where I had strength, vice versa. I started poking around, asking questions, looking to meet other people in the community. Questions of my friends, questions of uh, people who were adjacent to that community or maybe in it that, that were people I knew. And after meeting with a bunch of these folks, lo and behold, I started to actually formulate an idea, a, a vision of what my co-conspirator, co-collaborator might be like. One of my friends referred me to a full service dev shop that seemed not only super capable, but they were also interested in my idea. This particular shop had built all kinds of apps already, a few that had had some good success. It was professional. It was organized. Not to mention it was literally like four blocks from my photo studio. Well, after a series of meetings and some getting to know you, it became clear that these folks were willing to trade development time for future revenue. And, and off we went with an ideal match. Now, one of the things looking back on this process was that I was asking myself a series of questions. This is being very clear about what you need in the moment. For me, the questions I asked were what skills and what expertise areas do I need to complete this project successfully? What roles do I need filled? What type of work style and personality meshes well with my own, right? Again, it's not just that this person has a heartbeat and can do the job. If, you know, things get difficult and they will, if you get deep into any project, how do you believe you can resolve those issues? I also ask myself that, do I have a clear understanding of the team dynamic that I want, right? Because how many people are on the team, how many people am I interfacing with? These are also attributes that will affect the project. So the last question I asked myself is what are my strengths? What are areas of the work that I enjoy 
And how do I specifically find people who are complementary to those skills? Now, this is where I would point to another, another episode that we recently put out, uh, my conversation with Dan Martell. He wrote a great book called Buy Back Your Time. And he goes deep in that episode around something he calls the buyback principle, which involves auditing your time to identify uh, either low value or energy sucking tasks, activities, skills that you are not interested in, you're not capable in or any other number of, uh, of angles. And how can you transfer those activities to someone else through delegation? And then more importantly, what do you do with the newfound time that you've created around productivity, fulfilling activities, etc.? The idea behind Dan's work is how do you reclaim your time and use it in a way that accelerates your growth, your business growth, your personal fulfillment, etc.? By buying back your time, you can instead focus on things that really matter, matter to you. This isn't necessarily only doing more, but perhaps it's doing less of that type of work and more of something else that either makes you more money, brings you more joy, or is an investment in your future. I highly recommend that you pay attention to uh, Dan's book and to my own personal experience around hiring a team, what some of the questions were that I asked Again, the punchline to step one in this process is to clarify your needs. You'd be surprised how many people want a collaborator, but they do not know what kind of a collaborator they want. Your job, if you're interested in building this community and or working with others, is to get clear on what that could be, what that person could be. All right, that's step one. In step two, you need to expand your network. Going back to the example that I gave, I did not know anyone in the development world, people who were building apps and other technologies. They were not in my immediate peer circle, so I had to spend time and energy to get to know them. So if step one is successful, you've basically charted out you know, what to look for, what are the skills and attributes that you like. If you don't actually know someone in your immediate network that meets that, those criteria, you have to go expand your network right? There's so many ways of doing this, attending industry events, joining online forums, uh, engaging in conversations on social, actually taking the effort to go to places where these people hang out, befriending them, asking questions, following your curiosity. And of course, there's nothing like being genuine in those. This is not about putting on a fake face and a mask of, you know, deciding who you need to be in order to, to, get this particular person to come work with you. But by being genuinely curious, by being authentic, you can expand your network. And the wider your network is, the more likely you are to find great fits for you and or your team of co-conspirators. And of course, the way to start here is to leverage your existing connections, even if those connections might be your, 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 your network may be small, either small in general or small in this particular area. It's only by asking friends, by putting in the time and the effort that your colleagues and recommendations will emerge. Turns out that people know other people and that asking who knows other people is in and itself an interesting question. It's a great foundation for connecting with other people that you're already in relationship with. So keeping in mind that geography isn't as important as it once was, thanks to the internet and, you know, and this new 
world of remote work, I advocate that there's still no one-to-one substitute for meeting other people in person. So if you can be in a position to meet them, even through, you know, an initial remote meeting, the idea of getting together in person, it's fact that there is chemistry, that, that there are neurons that fire differently when you're in person than when you're just on video. And if you say, wait a minute, I live in the middle of nowhere. Hey, look, even medium-sized cities can support vibrant artistic communities. Whatever size the community that you're currently living in, whatever it is, I would think about helping it grow, right? This is not to say that you should pick your co-conspirator from the smallest pool possible in your small rural town. I'm not saying that, but I am saying you can simultaneously cultivate the scene that's growing in your town and seek to work with people beyond it. I'm just trying to underscore that personal connection matters. Do not be satisfied with your immediate community, even though that's a reasonable place to start. You'll learn quickly this way, and eventually this is what will help you build the foundation of a more vibrant creative ecosystem that ultimately will support this work that you're interested in doing. All right, that's step two, expand your network. Step one, clarify your needs. Step two, expand your network. Step three, what do you look for in these co-conspirators? Again, whether someone you're looking to trade services with or build something with or hire. Passion and commitment are, for me, these are non-negotiables, right? When I'm evaluating potential team members or co-conspirators, it is critical to look beyond just the skills and just the experience. Passion, commitment, uh, similar shared values or overlapping values, these are as crucial for the success of your project as simply the skill set. You know, finding people who share your vision or the way that you see the world or are willing especially to go the extra mile and people who will love it along the way, that is invaluable. And whether you run this process of understanding someone's values in a very formal way during, say, an interview process or a more abstract way in hanging out and spending time together, getting to know them is critical. Asking questions, questions that reveal their level of passion for the work you're talking about or their dedication to seeing, you know, a product that you're interested in building or the collaboration that you're interested in uniting around. Understanding a level of passion and a commitment to that is mission critical. And this is a way, is this is a, a, a place where so many people go wrong. Now, you can gain insights from these questions, right? Questions like, what motivates you to work in this field? Can you tell me about challenging projects that you've worked on? And how did you overcome them? You know, how do you stay up to date with latest trends or technology advancements or or where do you go for inspiration? Can you describe a time when you had to go above and beyond? Or what's the hardest thing you've ever been through? What do you do when you encounter setbacks or failures? And again, you can either ask these questions overtly in an interview style, or you can you know, extract these over time. Whatever your method is, knowing these things about the people that you want to work with are critical and they are things that are often overlooked. You might have the intuition to do that, and then you look at what it looks like to hire somebody and you don't see those questions being asked, that's because the world 
is not as it seems, right? Everyone thinks it's black and white and hiring somebody. It's just not the case. And all this can be true and you can still get it wrong. But the point is that the more that you do this, the deeper you go and the more you understand about yourself, the better you will be at judging the character, the experience, the commitment, and the passion of others. This is a practice that you ought to engage in. All right, that's step three. Number one, clarify your needs. Two, expand your network. Three, look for passion, look for commitment, look for things beyond just skill and experience. To step four here, prioritize diversity of thought and communication. Now, communication skills are fundamental to building anything and to being in relation to any other set of human beings, whether this is one co-conspirator or a team. And it turns out that the best teams have diverse opinions and diverse set of ideas. You know, th this obviously brings a wider range of perspectives and through those wide ranging perspectives, you hopefully can come to understand the best solution for the challenge that you're trying to tackle. Now, diversity of thought, diversity uh, of style will make your projects and your team stronger. Only if you still have the key ingredient of communication, which is why I put diversity of thought and communication skills in the same step, right? Because without baseline communication skills, which is key to any collaboration, right? Without those skills, you will not be able to effectively make use of this wide ranging spectrum of thought. This is not a stretch once you, you know, are talking about it here, but I still see so many people drop the ball around developing good communication skills, understanding communication styles and calling them out early in the relationship. You should not seek to have these communication styles and the differences in your communication uh, come up for the first time during very stressful times or on deadlines or mishaps or, or conflicts, right? When building your team or when finding a co-conspirator, prioritizing people who are great at communicating, not only around expressing their ideas, but also around listening and around the concept of discussing solutions together, these are invaluable to the process. Is your co-conspirator or is your team member someone who can give and receive feedback? Are you setting a stage for a positive culture? Can you make sure that everyone feels valued while having critical conversations? These are questions that I have asked when hiring anybody or looking for co-conspirators. So a handful of questions that are, are baselines in addition to the ones I just shared. How do you prefer to communicate with teammates? Do you like in-person or digital? Can you tell me about times where you had to communicate complex ideas? Are there uh, examples in your you know, workflow, your professional experience where you got it wrong and what did you do subsequently to make it right? Again, I'm not trying to give you an exhaustive list, but these are just important baseline questions that underpin the concepts for being able to communicate well such that a diversity of experience and thought can become an asset and not a liability. All right. In conclusion, again, number one, clarify your needs. Number two, expand your network. Number three, look for passion, look for commitment. 
Step four, prioritize diversity of thought and specifically the ability to communicate clearly. Identifying all these things, whether you're a solo creator or you're looking to collaborate with others as a team leader, seeking to build a team, these are the foundations of strong projects, strong products, and productive, happy experiences creating the things that we want to create. Finding other people is not easy. It will take effort and patience. And the science of this, the alchemy rather, the part science and the part art is just something I don't see a lot out in the world. That's the rationale for today's show. If you have other ideas or questions around what I've shared today, I would love to see them. You know, you just have to tag me in social um, respond to a newsletter. I read all the responses to my weekly email. If you don't know about that weekly email, go to chasejarvis.com slash email and sign up. There are a lot of ways that, uh, I would love to hear from you or that there are, there are communication pathways. Speaking of communication styles, um, I just found that when I asked you this community, what you wanted to hear about how to find co-conspirators was one of the most popular questions of the hundreds that I received. So Signing off for today's episode, how to find the best people to work with is a skill that deserves your time and attention. Whether you think you need it now or will need it in the future, there's no time to start like today. All right then, until next time, I bid you do. All right, hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing the show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.